Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. On today's program, host Bill Hodges welcomes Dr. Patricia Hayes, the Chief Consultant with the Women's Health Services in Washington, D.C. Dr. Hayes is making her second visit to the podcast. The comments in response to her first visit prompted us to ask her back. This time, she discusses the problems that women face in transitioning from military service to civilian life. They also talk about some of our male veterans who are causing these ladies to feel disrespected while waiting for their VA appointments. Everyone should understand that these female veterans are strong enough to stand up for themselves, but getting support from their brothers-in-arms would be appreciated. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. And with every Veterans Corner Radio, you want to have a pencil and paper available, if at all possible. If you're driving, don't do that. But if you have other people in the room with you or riding with you, maybe they can make notes. My guest is the lady who was with us not too long ago, and I was excited to have her back. Dr. Patricia Hayes, Chief Consultant with the VHA, Women's Health Services in Washington, D.C. Dr. Hayes, what a pleasure to have you back. Oh, I'm thrilled to be back, Bill. It's always good to talk with you about the issues of the day for veterans. You know, I think our current force in the active duty military is 16, 17% female right now. Yep, about 16.9, according to DOD. And that's pretty high in comparison to what it's always been. But along with that, it brings a lot of different, and I'm not going to say problems, but opportunities for VHA to step up and to help with their transition, either staying in the military. Of course, VHA doesn't do that. But when they come out, There are a lot of things that VHA offers to them and can help them with. And I think that their husbands ought to know about this also. So I'm encouraging spouses to listen to the program and get an idea of just what you as VHA and the women's programs can do for them. And from that, I'll let you kind of summarize, if you will. Well, absolutely. You know, we know that the transition time leaving the military, of course, you know, when you're in active duty, uh, what I'm told, obviously, is that near the end, you're you're just getting ready to maybe move. You might not be thinking about anything except let's get out of here. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're I remember to, that. <laughs> you're ready to pack up your stuff one more time and maybe move to wherever. And so it's really kind of a, a letdown and a hard fall for many people, say, 30, 60 days after active duty when they're looking around going, well, I got unemployment. I moved my stuff back to my hometown, but I don't have a job or I, I thought I was ready for a job and I really am not. And, you know, all those things that kind of add in 
and the transition can be very difficult. We lost our friends, all our friends, the people we went and saw every day, they're gone. Right. Which is not our, unlike leaving any company, but with the military, those friends become family because you're so far separated. Right. You've lost them either. They've moved away and you're still where you are. Or you've gone back home and your high school friends have moved on a long time ago and you, you're kind of lost. You thought you maybe had a resume together, but now you're realizing it's not really all that effective. People have said there's plenty of jobs, but you're having trouble finding it. And that loss of your, your family, your military family can be very difficult. We see that people have depression and anxiety, or it's really just adjustment. They may feel that particularly women, what we're finding is they can have all this going on inside of them, but their own family around them, their kids, their parents want them to step up and be like they always were. And there isn't really time for them to get their lives together. VA has been very concerned about this. We do a couple of things now that we never used to do. We reach out within the first 30 days, a couple of times, making a phone call to that new veteran and asking them, how are you doing? What do you need? Do you need some help getting a job? Wow, that's great. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we used to just sort of leave you out there. But now there's a chance to work with local employment. You know, Department of Labor has a really significant program for hiring veterans. And so that's one of the links. Basically, it sounds kind of strange. We actually send people letters during the first year, every couple of months to say VA is here. So if they haven't gotten enrolled in those first 30, 60 days, we try and encourage them to get set up with VA, come to healthcare and get what they need in, in order to get the supports that they need. Dr. Hayes, you know, one of the things that I fell victim to, I didn't go to the VA for years because I listened to the main news telling me about this clinic and that clinic not working well. And of course, these people are coming home to Uncle Joe and Uncle Ed or Brother Sam, who whatever problems they had, they're carrying them on and telling them about it. So I think that the idea of going out there several times with them is an ideal thing to do. Well, we're trying to hook them in because we want them to come to VA. They're, they are our you know, veterans for life. And so we want that to happen early. The other thing we've been doing, particularly for women, is we've changed the TAP program. You may recall that there's this program that everybody has to sit through sometime in their last couple of months where it tells them all about jobs and education programs and home loans. And it has only a little bit about health in there. Everybody may not know what TAP stand for. So you might want to. Oh, sure. That's a transition assistance program. And it is run by Department of Defense and Department of Labor with VA having some input. Now, every person that gets discharged from the military has to take it, but it doesn't mean it sticks. But we added a whole extra segment for women. It's about four hours long. It talks about healthcare at VA and how it's designed for women. It, it talks about how to get enrolled and eligibility. And about uh, 80, 85% of the women who go through that extra women's health transition training sign up for VA right then. We also take them, if they're active duty before the pandemic, um, and now we're starting again. We take them from their active duty military base in, in a little bus and we take them to the VA so they can see for themselves that it's not their father's VA. It's, it's oh, state of the art and they can you know get a tour of the clinic. And if it's their local area, they'll get signed up right then. If not, we figure out how to get them hooked up to one that's in their future area. You know, when you look at it and you see women getting out of the military, many of them are I hate to say this, single parents, and that's our whole society has got so many women 
that are responsible for children. And it's, it's, it shames me as a man to see so many men run off and leave people like this. But you've got a lot of those people out there that you point out, they not only have the responsibility of getting all the military and all these other things, but they have the full responsibility of the children too. Well, that's part of our society. And, and it is by choice in some cases. Folks have children without being married or they're gay and they have children. They also have responsibilities for others that are older, the aging population. Our society has less supports for the aging, as you know, there where you are, especially. And so these are responsibilities that do fall to women. And certainly during the pandemic has been a major issue that women have taken the burden of childcare, schooling, jobs, elder care, you know, and have a lot on their shoulders. It's very difficult when you look around. I, of course, deal with a lot of older vets here in our area. And I get calls regularly from the spouses asking me, can I get help? What can I get done? And I just got a call from a male spouse asking what could he get for his wife who had been an active military member. Well, we certainly want them to talk to VA. You know, VA has a program called Aging at Home, Staying Home. There's a lot of services that VA has beefed up to be able to help support people. People don't want to go into nursing homes. And no. they, they don't want to be in assisted living unless they have to. That, that, that's not what people want. And so being able to have supports, we have everything from what's called medical foster homes, where community members uh, volunteer to take veterans into their homes, but also bigger programs that are helping you locate the uh, services that you need in your home, whether it's someone to help with the housework or the cooking, or it's getting you to appointments, the advantage of having telehealth appointments for a lot of people. So you don't have to get everybody in the car and try and get to an appointment has, has really been a growth that's helped people that have limited mobility. But VA does have financial benefits for caregivers. There are financial benefits, just uh, uh, the benefit of having been a veteran that uh, male or female veterans are probably entitled to, and it can go to their spouse. So we really want people to work with VA, call the social work department or go online and get hooked up so you can begin to learn what you're eligible for. Well, I, I did help that male spouse get hooked up with aid and attendance because they qualified. And so that male spouse is getting help in order to take care of his wife, who was the service member. Absolutely. And in some areas, there's primary care that will come to the home. The doctor or nurses come to the home. So depending on what you need, what are services in your area, but more and more VA is also working hard to keep people out of nursing home care and to try and help people age at home. When people get out of the military, especially women, and they go to the VA, how are they greeted? How do they at least feel they're greeted? Well, we're hoping that they feel safe and welcome at the VA and that people recognize them as the veteran rather than the spouse of the veteran. We do know that about 20% of our women veterans tell us that they are harassed while they're at the VA, most commonly by male veterans, unfortunately. Mean other people waiting to be taken care of? Yep. Oh, and my. They make comments. They say, you know, are you married? Would you go out with me? I make worse comments. They uh, also sometimes, you know, sort of stalk people. And this is a major problem for us. So we have launched a number of campaigns to end harassment. 
And we have education materials that are in the form of posters. We do train our staff to directly address that veteran who's doing the harassing. And we, we have posters that say things like, it's not a compliment, it's harassment. I have a new poster out that's saying, it's not giving her a compliment, it's giving her the creeps. Uh, so that, yeah, that's what I want. I want people to laugh. It's not giving her a compliment. It's giving her the creeps. It's saying to that male veteran, you know, you don't have the right to just say whatever you want to whoever you want. And be aware that this is your sister in arms and you need to treat her with respect. And we're trying to increase civility and respect across the system by putting up these kinds of posters and informing veterans. And then the clerk can point to the poster and say, hey, buddy, you know, knock it off. She doesn't want that. And that's not appropriate. And, you know, if necessary, um, have someone call and address him rather than so that she can feel safe and welcome. We've already seen the amount of harassment drop, but we have a long way to go in some areas. So we call upon all veterans to also step up. If there's other veterans in that waiting room, they can say that to that guy. Hey, buddy, knock it off. Remember, she's a veteran too, or even if she's not a veteran, you know, if you wouldn't say it to your sister, don't say it to her. That's the kind of <laughs> message that we are trying to have encourage everybody to. In today's uh, world, there are so many things that people might say to their sister, though. I Sometimes I'm confused. OK, well, I'm, I'm hoping that's not one of them. We also want to make sure that people don't use their cameras. Women have been found that guys are taking pictures of them and that's not allowed in the VA. So we have posters about that. We're trying to increase respect and civility across the system. And, you know, the, the hard part is we know that what I call right thinking guys, there's so many veterans who themselves find this appalling. And, you know, we know this is not the majority of veterans is a small minority of veterans. We need everybody to step up and just, you know, think about this. You wouldn't, what, what people don't expect, they don't do this you know, when they go to other medical appointments at non-VA sites, they don't do it in the grocery store. Why do they think they can do it in a VA clinic? I don't really understand that. But that's part of the message we're trying to get across is it's not appropriate. Don't even think about doing it. And it should be a safe and secure place where people can come and feel comfortable. Yeah, we want everybody to just feel safe and welcome. And we want to do it without saying, well, somebody has to be sort of quarantined off to some special place. No, you should be comfortable walking into any medical setting. And that's the only standard we want. We've got about two more minutes to go. Are there any things that I didn't ask you? I mean, we'll have you back. I, I love having you on. And there's so many things we do want to discuss. Is there something you want to add to this broadcast? I think it's just this time of COVID and there's this kind of mixed message about what's reopening and what's not. VA is open for business. We know that many veterans delayed preventive care. And your clinic might be calling you about this, but sort of put it on your calendar, get scheduled, get that mammogram, get that colonoscopy that you've delayed for the last year, whatever test it is, whatever blood work it is, get started again. Even if you call and they say they can't, you know, I don't think we're overwhelmed with appointments, but even if they say you got a few weeks to wait, get it scheduled because these can be the things that make a difference in your long-term health. And we really want people to come back to care get going on things, return to that kind of normal so that your health is important and it's being addressed. I'm finding that appointments are opening up very nicely. Many of the doctors who you've had to do through telehealth are now coming back to the office and you can see them. A lot of people feel more comfortable talking with somebody across the desk than they do on a piece of equipment. 
Well, a lot of younger veterans, it's much more convenient. They can do it from their car. They can do it from work. But people are telling us that they really miss the relationship with their healthcare provider. Being able to sit and talk with the doctor is important, and we recognize that. So, yes, you can come on back in, and they'll make an appointment to see you in person. My doctor is Dr. Mossop over at the So High Clinic in Riverview in Florida here, and she's fabulous. I just love to sit across from her and talk. <laughs> Sometimes I bet she loves to see you too. <laughs> well, well, we we have really a good relationship, and she and her nurse Roxanne are both outstanding people. And I think that relationship gives me confidence in the care I get. Absolutely. And, you know, the employees miss the veterans, too. They, they all are waiting. You know, they want to see you. So come back in. My guest today has been Dr. Patricia Hayes, chief consultant with the VHA Women's Health Services in Washington, D.C. And as always, Dr. Hayes, anytime you'd like to come back, we'd love to have you. It's great to talk with you and all the veterans out there. Thanks so much for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, you're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. And we'll talk to you very soon again on Veterans Corner Radio. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner Radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.